Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triforce Podcast, coming to you from three guys sitting around on a Discord channel. Naked. Naked as the day they were born. Fully nude. In a lovely, bright autumn morning. Stark naked. Leaves are falling off the trees. Yeah. And uh, so are we. So how, how are you guys doing? What's up? What's happening? Doing What's all right. What's the haps, yeah. dog? Reading. Man, I'm, I'm like horizontal. I just like, I'm dead. I don't know why. So, uh. I was I've been streaming a lot lately. I've been doing three streams a week Whoa. in the evenings. It's tough. It's like I, I don't know how streamers do it. Really, I played with Ben last night, and he said um, he, he he made a load of jokes about Bodega and references to the Trifles podcast. And no I was way! Like, I was like blown away. Okay, because no one in the Yogscast, really, or, or on YouTube watches other people's stuff or knows their own <laughs> I watch own everything that you guys put out what are you talking about I, yeah, me too. exactly I'm up all so, night watching that's why I'm always so tired I'm like oh I gotta watch Lewis and Zip's new videos it's too much content there's just, just not enough hours in the day to watch it all that's what I, I get find. my kids to watch so I farm it out so they watch yeah. some they tell me about it Mrs. F she gets home from work I make her watch like 10 hours of, of I uh, bought a XCOM. warehouse in China, and there's like ten people in there constantly oh, just watching Yogscast videos oh, and giving dude, you're me so updates. So smart! Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Jesus! Farm it out to China. Keep up. Yeah, Chinese I keep... viewers. I can't China. Keep... View China. 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 <laughs> uh, what, so, what, I mean, I, I, I was just surprised because I didn't expect it. I guess you know it, it's nice, and and occasionally I do end up watching someone's series that I like, and I end up watching. I just put it on and you know like like you like you would do most of our YouTube stuff it's not it's not stuff you have to pay attention to yeah. right is it it's it's kind of stuff that's sometimes in the background or sometimes I, I get I check something out and I'm like oh it's quite good and then I, I end up watching the whole thing you know it hooks you in yeah. sometimes if it's good um but yeah so I was chatting to Ben about it and he was like yeah I listened to the, the and then he sort of was quite defensive about it he was like oh but I do listen to a lot of podcasts I I you know, I've got like have to put the baby to sleep, and then I'm doing the washing up, and I sit on the bus for like an hour a day, so I get through a lot of stuff. So yeah. he was, was like, bailing right. out on the so compliment almost as, as soon as he made it. Yeah, the the, the compliment. Yeah, but I, I mean, love what but... you guys do, but I love lots of things. I mean, I love anything. Me, I love it when it rains. I love it when it's sunny. I love it when I get stabbed uh, in the heart. And then he said something which 
I'm not sure I really... It was kind of like... I guess it was a backhanded compliment, but it was like... <laughs> so the thing I like about it is it's just three guys chatting. That's all. You know, you don't really have a plan. You can tell. You don't really have anything written down or thought wow. up. It's just... Yeah, I mean... Yeah. That's almost the heart of this podcast, I'd It is. Say. I'd say that's the soul of the of the podcast. So Ben's yeah. fired now, right? <laughs> well, no, this is, this is like a shout out to him right, oh, right now. So okay. this is to check if he actually is oh, a genuine... Okay, well, I will um, see you in a few weeks then, Ben. But for a minute there, I thought maybe I'd never see you again. <laughs> to ex-Yodscast no. employee Ben. Goodbye, Ben. It was nice <laughs> knowing you, but you were a little vague in your praise. Do you That's think we it. should have like a, a little code for the for like hidden in, in something or somewhere that, that is basically the, to, to be a, a trick? Because sometimes... You, you, when someone says, oh, I've listened to this or I'm a fan of this or whatever, I like, I mean, eyes narrow. I guess I'm just always a little bit dubious that anyone listens to or enjoys or watches I think, anything. I think if do. somebody comes up to me, okay, and point blank just says, not even hello or anything, just says, I got a small dick, then I'll know. I'll know that they listen to this. I'll be right. like, I, I know. I know what you're saying. That's the code. That could be the code. So that I got is- a small ass dick. Wow, so that is right. that is the meeting. Yeah, that's the that's greeting how we greet each other. People, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. So if you suspect someone of of being a Yogscast Triforce podcast listener, you can test them by saying, "I got a small dick." Yeah, it's like it's midnight. You're in a twenty four seven Tesco's. You're in like the you're in, you're in like the jam aisle. There's nobody else around. It's like really quiet. You're just buying some jam. You're like, oh, finally, you know, just like five seconds where nobody's saying anything. And then all, all of a sudden, just like here beside you, I got a small dick. <laughs> Turn around. Oh, how'd you get there? What's, what's going on? Some dude in a trench coat. We're everywhere. He flashes you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so now I'm going to get Ben telling me that Yeah. sometime next week when this goes out. And also random people now telling me. And telling you, I guess. I can't believe this was our code word. Like, uh, do you remember... um, It's not too late. We can change it. We can change it. Do you remember back back in the day on on Something Awful, it used to be, do you have stairs in your house? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Go on, what's the correct response? And then the reply was... That's still kind of used. I am protected. That's right. I don't know why I'm telling people this. It's like a secret. Now, now we're never going to know who goons are now. Well, yeah. A, you can always spot a goon. And B... It was it's like true. as soon as it had been made as the secret call sign, it was a joke in in itself. Like people who came up to you and said, "Do you have stairs in your house? I am protected." You automatically knew <laughs> not to speak to that person if if they were a goon. Like it was like the way of outing the non funny. That's true. Good goon. Oh shit! So is it the opposite then? The opposite, so yeah. If, yeah. So people, so if people come up to you and say, "I have a small dick," that's the yeah. bad, the bad. Those are the bad people. <laughs> we need to find a like the the good code is you don't. Don't say that shit. You just know. Yeah. Yeah. What if you're just female, though? What do you say? Like, well, they're right. Yeah, I guess. But like, shouldn't almost you know. inde- undetectable in the dick department, ladies. You could just say, I have a small dick. Yeah, you're right. You don't have any dick at all. Congrats. Well, what, smallest, can we, can we, can we have something ever. for the ladies as well that's just their own and not recycled from the men's? Like, I, have, they... a, I have a huge <sighs> vagina. I have a gaping vagina. <laughs> <laughs> You think a woman would say that? Like, I think a guy, like, 
you know, for a joke, could come up and just be Dudes like, "Dudes talk about yeah, their dicks dick. a lot." You're right. Yeah, no, but Honestly, women yeah. never talk about their vaginas. Like, really, they do. They do. Yeah, they with do. each other. Just the new not with us. South Park stuff. It's the whole women's comedy thing, isn't it? It's that oh, the South yeah, Park. Yeah. Oh, in, in women's comedy, out. yeah. But I mean, just like in like you know day to day, you know everyday conversations. Like, I'll I'll speak to a guy and dicks will get mentioned, right? Yeah. But like, I won't speak to a woman and she'll be like, "Oh man." Like, God, I've got a sore pussy today or something, you know, like it's, it doesn't. P-U-5-5-Y. Yeah, it doesn't, it never happens. Like it's, it's, it's the great divide, you know, men. That's why men are so different to women. That'll women be the mark of, of women's liberation, I think, when they can just walk talk up, about their yeah. private parts. Walk into the office yeah. and go, oh, my pussy is killing me today. Oh, my tits are just engorged today. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I don't think you men say that about their dick. Do they? they don't say, oh, my dick's really chafing today. <laughs> I like, do. People, men don't go, oh, oh my, my balls, balls are, are really so sweaty. It depends today. where you work. My- if you work in a nice accounting sort of office... Or, or for a yeah. lawyer or someone. I mean, the lawyer doesn't walk in and go, my goodness, my penis feels heavy today. Like that. that. <laughs> but if you worked in, uh, if you were stacking shelves in Tesco's, I bet dick talk comes up all the time. If you were working in that illegal garage opposite the <laughs> yeah, road from Yeah, fucking you. illegal garage. Jesus Christ. If you, if you legitimately work in porn, I guess it comes up a lot as well. Because <clears throat> they're probably just very sort of upfront about it better, it better come up or you, issues you're fired. they face with their, with their work tools, right? <laughs> nice. it, in that case, it's like work tools, right? So... Work tools. It'd be like it'd be the same as like a mechanic saying, "Oh God, my number five uh, hydro spanner's a bit rusty today. Oh, I, I don't think I could do it." And then like you know, the guy yeah. who works in. You know what? That's like, one of those oh, things, right? You know the way most people. Hot rod. When you when yeah. you let, let's say you have a job doing something most people would think would be awesome. I mean, I'm thinking that eventually it'll just become like work. But surely, yeah. porn is one of the few industries where no matter how much you do it. It's still awesome. I mean, nobody gets bored of having sex, especially with different people all the time in all kinds of funky ways. I don't know, though. Like, if you were the cameraman, I think after a while you'd get a bit bored. Fuck the cameraman, like, dude. Who cares? You want to be the guy. You want to yeah, be like... Yeah, fuck yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you're the guy... You want to be right in there. Yeah. Doing the Would sex. Would you get bored of it? Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, <laughs> they say variety is the spice of life. And I think in the case of porn, yeah. I, I mean, every day, if you were like... You know, if you had like a new, oh good lord, a, a new, um, new lady, you know, yep, a new, a new lady to, to or act th- or with, or three or four of them, even. three or four of them, just pile them yeah, up. Yeah, I mean that could, yeah, I mean that could, that could keep it interesting as well. Hey, I'm a little bored of this. Like you'd be like, come on, like I th- it speaks yeah. to, it speaks to some animal part of our brain that just wants to fuck everything. You get to do that for a living. What if you had like a serial sort of porn that was like a bit like a soap opera, but it always had the same actors in it, Dude, and you were cast as me- like the lead guy. And you had to have like a lot of sex with the same person. Let me Would tell you, get you something. Would you your job after a while? No, because sex is always awesome. All right. But let me tell you something. I, 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 <laughs> I was thinking about how movies are going to change in, our, in, right. in the next like 50 to 100 years. Right. Yeah. And you know the way. 50 to 100 right. years. Yeah. Fuck me. Dude. Society is very slow to change. Man, we're not even going to have bodies in a hundred years. We're, yeah, we're literally we going to be like think? fucking ghosts floating around and manipulating things with our minds. Did like, you believe it? A hundred years, Come on, man. when Holy you were shit. a kid, did you believe all that shit about how we'd be living on the moon and living on Mars? Progress is no. never as fast as people think, dude. And I'm it's talking about... fast, This though. is a pretty like, big bit of... Pro- what have we had in our lifetime? Phones. Computers yeah. and the internet. All right, where are yeah. the flying cars? Where's the hover this? Where's the hover that? Where's the teleportation? Cares, Where are the we aliens? Got, we got Facebook now and like 
My point TV. is, right, it's slow. Shit is slow to progress. Yeah. So here's where I, here's one of the ways I think things will change. We expect actors and actresses to be capable of doing all kinds of shit nowadays. You've got to be able to act. You've got to be really good looking. You've also got to be, maybe you've got to do some cool stuff like fucking T Tom Hiddleston can dance and shit, right? And he's like a cool guy. And yeah. So the next evolution of that is that they also have to be able to fuck really well on camera. So now we'll be watching movies in the future. Like they'll be having full on sex like porn stars. That's just going to be another part of the movie. The appetite for Wait. sex and porn is there. And we'll expect our actors to be able to act and be like able to do their own stunts and be able to fuck. That's what I'm saying. We'll go to see like a Mission Impossible reboot in 2063 and, and whoever the new Tom Cruise is in that reboot is going to be fucking people it'll be Tom and Cruise. it'll be absolutely it'll be like hardcore an Android. Android but is Cruise. he actually expected to have full sex or yeah, is it dry humping yeah that's what I'm humping? saying that's the future because Hollywood's dry humping right like you, you know that you don't actually see anything because there's sheets in the way or whatever so like most of the time they're probably just wearing like underpants right but i'm just, saying like, that the next bit, evolution right? is they yeah. will be fucking like people will right. be like i don't want to see it under the sheets like you know i'm used to seeing porn on my phone whenever i want to see it why in, can't like, i watch people fuck and bam VR. you'll be watching yeah future jennifer lawrence will be fucking future tom cruise i can only get hard when i see a tom cruise android <laughs> fucking cameron diaz android on my phone <laughs> It's like, what? The future. <laughs> the future. The future. <laughs> That's the future. Man, it's weird, though, because like you were saying, you know, in the future, actors are going to be expected to do more. Like, do you think that actors have it easy now? Because in the past, I think they did have to do more. Actors had to be not only able to act, but they did have to dance and they had to be able to sing as well. You know, like a lot of older right, horses. But you'd be surprised. Lot, a lot of the, a a lot lot, of especially in America, movies. but in America, a lot of actors can do a whole bunch of shit. Like they can, like I, I remember talking to a friend of mine one time who'd worked, he'd worked in film in, in the UK and in America. And he said, in the UK, we produce like actors or singers or whatever. But in the States, because it's all the sort of show business thing, you should yeah. be able to do pretty much everything. And the stage schools are very much focused around being able to do dancing, singing, acting, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, take someone yeah. like uh, Doogie Hauser, right? Well, what's that guy's right. name? I, I only know him as Doogie Hauser. Well, that's because we're old, right? But he was... Uh, <laughs> what, what, what a pick. I just said, uh, no, listen, this is important, Lewis. This is a Did vital... Did you just call Doogie Hauser a pig? Pick. Oh, pick. What all a right. pick. You've picked... Uh, uh, for all the... the Actors who are really talented and can do all sorts of things. You've picked right. and I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you why. Doogie Hauser's pretty legit, man. Did you Holy not shit. see the opening that he did for the Emmys or the Grammys, whatever it was? It was like this 15 minute long, all singing, all dancing. About Neil Patrick yeah, Harris, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It was this big yeah. routine. Now, I very much doubt you could find a British actor who could do that like the way he, he could do acting and he could do comedy he can sing really well he can dance had this big choreography thing that's show business right like the american actors and, and the stars there is all the show business you know they can do it all it's almost like yeah, yeah. vaudeville is still there they got to do, be able to do their act so I, i'm thinking the future is that we're going to expect them to do more and more and more and more sex being Man, one I, of those things i would not want to see doogie hauser having sex but I would like to see Doogie Howser as a Starfleet captain. I think he'd make a really good Starfleet captain. Yeah. Like a teenage Starfleet captain. He's well, not that's a teenager he's like a, anymore. He's like, yeah, he's like Fred Savage, Isn't that the though. plot of the latest few Star Wars films, Star Trek films, anyway? And then Macaulay Culkin, have you seen him recently? Yeah. 
Like he looks like a bit like Steve Buscemi, and it's kind of weird. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he's definitely got a bit like sunken cheeks, hasn't he? It's just, yeah. yeah, it's weird. Like he was a really cute sunken kid. Eyes, and sunken cheeks. He, uh, yeah, but he lives with that. Then... He lives with that idea that he has to be this cute kid, and now he's a fucking grown up. I mean, that must be a nightmare. Yeah, I know that. Like, think about I, I this. I think a lot of these You're, cute you... kids do not grow up into cute. Yeah, adults. because so they're kids, and then they're adults. There's not many adults out there that are actually cute, though. Yeah, I mean, but it's like we no, expect. You wouldn't say Daniel Radcliffe was like a high heartthrob would you no, but he, he's oh. like name name a lot of child stars that have grown up into heartthrobs you know like wesley crusher grew up into will wheaton you know <laughs> harry potter like come on there's loads of them they were terrible <laughs> hollywood is terrible at picking kids who grow up into decent looking what about gary coleman adults. gary coleman was cute as an adult gary coleman was cute because he was like <laughs> five feet tall <laughs> Still, though, he was basically a big child. He didn't even change. <laughs> but still, I mean, he was really cute, though. He looked like a little he was kid. Adorable. Yeah. I think the thing is, the things that make you extra, extra cute when you're a kid don't yeah. translate. And also, people look completely different when they're adults. Like their faces get all big, and you know, it, it doesn't make sense. If your eyes are super far apart when you're a kid, you look like oh. But if you got eyes super far apart when you're growing up, people think, wow, he looks like a fucking oh, frog. Get the fuck away from get me. Away from me you wide-eyed freak get off my tv screen dude can't even fuck well well you say that but the like the guy from fucking uh what's it called you know he was in lord of the rings and he was in the matrix as well sean Um, astin the guy that played the agent in the matrix he had eyes that were like far apart from each other he was never cute dude no one looks at him and thinks agent you know agent smith is (laughs) what a what a cutie pie come on Well, what did, what role did he play in Lord of the Rings? Elrond. He's kind of cute. Elrond. That's right. Elrond was like he was a fucking elf. Cute. <laughs> What's know, wrong but, with you? Come on. Hugo Weaving. His name is. Yeah. He's okay. He's not, he's not a weird looking guy. Why? Dude, his fucking he, eyes are on the side of his head. Like he's side of his head. <laughs> he's like he's like a guinea pig man or something. He's just like they're on the side. They're like so far apart. It's crazy. God, I hope none of these people listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Watch him like turn up. Hugo Weaving's there, like sitting in tears, You're sleeping. Like... It's really quiet. It's the middle of the night, and you suddenly all you hear is. I got a small dick. And it's Turn Hugo around weaving. And you see it's Hugo <laughs> weaving, standing in your room. Tears in his eyes. Knife. I have a small dick. I heard it all. I can't see your tears. Can you turn and give me a profile? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, fuck me. You are the worst. The worst, guys. Um, let's move on. So I was playing on the stream. I was playing XCOM, the Terraform yeah. Deep. Oh, yeah. The... Uh, so it was the, it's the sequel to the original, and they just ramped up the difficulty. Yeah. And me and Ben are well, playing it on Superhuman. I was always under the impression that that hardest. was a hard game to begin with. Like, weren't a lot of people like, wasn't that like the the ball achingly hard game of the series back before they That's started right. re- it, it re-releasing was, yeah. XCOM? And so we're playing it on Superhuman difficulty and Iron Man, so we can't go back. Right. And it is an absolute meat yep. grinder. I think for every two aliens we kill, we lose a guy. Wow. So we've, we've had like 50 guys die and 100 wow. aliens die so far. And we're, the terror missions are even worse because the terror mission we just, we just ended up finishing. Well, we haven't finished it yet, actually. Because it's, it's two parts. 
So, you know, you get through, like, the first part, which you barely scrape through, killing, like, 15 or 20 aliens, and then you have to do a second part where you clear out the engine room, room by room, and it's like... You're basically, you're basically going through the Titanic. Anyway, this game from, like, 1995. Yeah. I can, I can see the design. When I, pl- when I play the old games, I can see how that design has influenced the new XCOM, because you've been playing that, uh, P-Flex, and I think that they've taken a lot of stuff which, which is fairly repetitive in the original game, and... But they've—it's amazing how they've—they've they've really taken that kind of influence and the design philosophy to heart when they built the new XComs, which are which are. Well, amazing I think the, the new XComs are meant to be the like they—they they, they follow the the spirit of the old games and like because the because the, the older games because XCOM as a franchise is a really funny one, isn't it? Like it had the first game was was very popular. There was nothing really like it at the time when it came out, and then I think it was a tear from the deep did did pretty well. But then publishers changed hands and the developers changed hands and the, and the actual sort of rights to the game changed hands so much. And they tried to make like a first person shooter that, that didn't really work. And they tried to make some other genre of game that didn't they work. Did. They tried to yeah. make, they, they made XCOM, I think it's called XCOM Apocalypse, which is, um, yeah. which was pretty bad, honestly. Yeah, yeah. There was and a, they, a, they made one that was like, uh, you had to shoot down the alien ships. It was like a space shooter. It was fucking yeah. awful. There was some some that just came out on console, yeah. and, and and it was like that that thing that they did in the nineties, you know, where where they, the games industry was totally different back yeah. then, right? Like you, they'd release a game and it would be a surprise success, and then nobody would know what the fuck to do with the surprise success. Yeah, yeah. So they would just be like, "Well, what's popular now? Well, oh, everybody's playing platformers now. Uh, let's do an XCOM." platformer and it and of course it, it fucking sucks it was like it's, game dev, like it's like game original. dev tycoon when you yeah, try to make exactly. a, the, the, you make a hit game the next game you make is always a piece of shit i don't know yeah how they that were happens. just stabbing in the dark sort of thing like and and i think when XCOM enemy unknown came out i think you know 2k picked it up and they were like the original games are the best a lot of the guys that are working on this are huge fans of the original games and played them and stuff and let's 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 like keep this game the way it was meant to be sort of thing and then XCOM 2 is just you know an iteration of that and you know arguably much better and I mean XCOM 2 is like so it's, it's amazing, amazing. Yeah. it's like it's like a fucking masterpiece of a game like it's it's probably one of the best games that's come out in, yeah, in yeah. 2016 yeah I think so for sure. I mean I think it's one of the best games of all time like I really do it's, I think it's, it's, it's absolutely it's brilliant it's a really good game but the yeah. thing is the the thing they got was they don't have any repetitive shit in it that doesn't feel dramatic. Like, it always feels dramatic. They always manage to make it feel yeah. like you're part of something really big. And this is like your movie that you're making as you're going along. Yeah. It's, and it's I mean, cool. I've just, I was streaming it like last week. I was streaming it for like two weeks. I was really into it. And I was playing it on Iron Man and I kept restarting. Every time we failed, I would restart. And we got to restart number 20, right? That's how many no restarts ways. I had to do. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it was brutal, right? I wasn't playing on Veteran. I wasn't playing on, on uh, like, Impossible or anything. We're getting through it. We're doing it. We've got this great team. Had a really good start and just snowballed from there. We get to the final mission. We're fighting the final mission. No way. When you have to kill, spoiler alert, you have to kill three of these sort of avatar things. Oh, yeah, things. it's a tough one. It is In tough. The final, is that the final yeah. room as well? So I, we bit. killed two of them, no problem. We're down to the last one. If I can kill him, we've got a shot. Right, we got a shot at getting out with just one person. The avatar needs to survive. So even if I only get him out, so what? 
I'm, I, we, I've got this amazing Psy operative. I've got the Avatar can do stuff. So we're mind controlling shit. We're killing everything. We, we see the Avatar. You know the way every time you hit him, he teleports, right? Yeah. He teleports. I hit him. He teleports again. He's in range. I get two shots on him. Both of them are 50 to 51% shots. Missed both of them. Lost the game on that turn. They killed the Avatar somehow, and that was it. GG. And it was Fuck. it was devastating. Like oh, it said, man. restart. Like it said, oh, you can restart, but I'm not fucking restarting it. It's Iron Man. Oh man. yeah, the, the final mission. You are allowed to restart yeah, yeah. the final yeah. mission. But I didn't. Everyone was yeah. like, restart. I was like, no. This is the story of what happened. They came yeah, down to hell yeah. one That's shot good. to save the Earth, and he missed. Wow. Yeah, That's was, what it's about. It's about yeah. those memorable stories, right? Yeah. Though much more, I think. Yeah. yeah. If you can, Iron Man. Like I'm glad they've added that settings of games because it has. It has some games it's not needed in at all, but some games it's really it's really a cool option sometimes for a certain game mode. Yeah, I, I, I really think like it spices it. things up for sure because you never know. You know the the way XCOM goes, you could be meticulous, you can plan everything to perfection, and something can go wrong. Yeah, and you know you might lose your all star guy or guys on a mission, and you're you that'll fuck you up big time. Like XCOM's pretty good. You can sort of breeze through it past a certain point. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you get a couple of guys who are sort of almost maxed out, they've all got, you know, really good abilities and, and, and synergies and stuff, and it's fine. But man, it, like, you can you can really sort of get halfway through the game, fuck up on a mission or something, yeah. lose a couple of people, and it'll screw you hard. We like, had that. We had game. that quite a few times. Do you know, there are yeah. some things I found that I, I use a lot of mods. I use a long war mod and a whole bunch of other mods. So there's all kinds of new aliens and new gear and all that kind of shit. It's great. New classes. Yeah. Um, there's one mod that ex that makes makes every single soldier will always get the bleed out option. All oh, right. Right. So when they're down, they'll bleed out. You've got four turns to get to them. Now, so you might think that makes it easier, but. It does a little bit because you don't just get... Because sometimes I was getting guys who were like really high level just getting one-shotted. Like they got unlucky, they got critted, they're one-shot, they're dead. Yeah. And I'm like, but that's like a restart if I lose a guy like that. Like I, I can't re go without these two guys. Like that's it. Our squad is now two experienced guys and four rookies and we're like doing a black site mission. It's like impossible. So with the bleed out option, you can save those guys, but getting them out in itself is dramatic because we, we call down the evag, you running under fire, picking him up, getting out. That's great. Like, I like that. So I, I think it made it a better story having the bleed out in there. And honestly, I, I was sick of restarting. I mean, restart number 20. It was literally, I'd come to one mission and I'd come around a corner and I'd aggro a pack of vipers. They'd bind one of my guys, they'd poison the rest, a dude panics. And as he panics, he aggroes a bunch more vipers. I'm like, okay, fuck this game, I'm done. <laughs> so yeah. having the bleed out option there was handy because it meant we could sort of bail on a situation. But it was it's just so great. It's just such a great it game. It is a great game, yeah. I have started to be more angry as a gamer like you in terms of like rage queuing out of games sometimes. You know, just think... Pfft. No, Whoa. I'm done. Like, Guys, like, I, I, you, you I haven't heard, did you hear Sips' anger? Holy fuck, I wow. lost it. You did? Wow, I fucking lost it. I, I was, was so I didn't think that was pissed. you for a second. And I was, was like, oh my God. so fucking frustrating. It was, it was a culmination though. Like... It, it, it was like, you know, you know when you're playing Dota and you have a team and, you're, and your team is doing okay and then all of a sudden you just don't know what your fucking team is doing. Like they're all over the place, they're feeding, they're dying, yeah. they're, not, they're not doing the shit they're meant to be doing. And you have that moment where you're just like, fuck this game. I just want to like, I just want to quit out yeah, and, yeah. and never play it again. And I, I, I legitimately had that yesterday with Overwatch. But I mean, I kept playing. <laughs> it was still pretty fun. But, but you, fuck, you, I was, was, you were so was angry. So mad. Oh my God. It was just so I have frustrating. Heard that from you a few times like yeah. that angry like a genuinely ang 
angry. But it's hilarious but it's, because you're angry and then for a split second you're 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 super mad and then you're like, what the fuck? Like, why am I getting mad at a video yeah, game? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just like sort of have to like laugh it off a bit. But it oh man. It's amazing that it like because when I was a kid, I would I'd rage at games all the time, you know, like especially growing up like in in the you know, the NES era. God you know, almighty, like yeah. Those really ball hard games that, you know, are are meant to consume quarters and stuff, you know, like you you would end up raging out. Like I broke a couple of controllers oh, easily. throwing them yeah. against a wall and stuff like you did but like i i you know the older you get you chill out a lot more and you don't really care and stuff like that but it's amazing like even at at, at this age now every once in a while i will get so fucking annoyed at a game like just so angry and i'm just like man i would never get angry at anything else like this yeah, i yeah. don't think it's, i it's ever weird. got angry with games when i was younger i, I genuinely don't think i experience games in that way i didn't see them as this thing to be to, to trigger me and make me frustrated like i don't know it's it's, it's new thing to me i think the, the first time i really experienced that game that was rage inducing was dark souls um playing it with a controller and just you know just well, i think when the game was unfair yeah i don't think games necessarily the, at least not for me maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm looking at this completely wrong but I, I i feel like certain games frustrate you when it feels like bullshit yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like it's like when, when when you play a game of hearthstone and he just draws every single thing that he needs in the perfect order every time and you have to accept that that's going to happen yeah some games but you know, it feels one in a hundred so games, awful when it does happen someone is just going to pull out every single answer every time and then you don't get any answers and it's like yeah. oh come on you know and, and there's their flip side to that and it feels great when it's happening to you but um you know i i i don't know it's a it's a recent thing definitely for me I, be, used to go around, to uh, I used and... to go around at my friend's house, my friend Simon, and uh, him and his, him, he had a twin brother, and they used to get very, very angry and animated when they played video games. He, he won't, he will, he will deny this, but it's true. I, re I remember going around there, and the, he had these Super Nintendo controllers, and there were tooth marks all over the controllers. And I was like, yeah. well, how did this happen? Because I just get so angry, just bite the controller. And these controllers, it looked like someone had given them to a dog as a chew toy. That's how bitten these Whoa. things were. So he, they were just like, just like biting the controller in a fury. Man. That's angry at video games. We had a controller. We had a Super Nintendo controller, but it was like, it was one of those ones that didn't come with the Super Nintendo. It was like, right, like a right. fancy one yeah, yeah. like that you bought separately. I think my brother got it for his birthday or something they were always totally inferior though those, yeah yeah like, but like it was it was a little bit so bigger no than the normal ones and stuff and it was it was okay right but it, it got smashed up like the side of it got <laughs> smashed up um we, where the buttons were right because i think one of us just chucked it against the ground or something in, in some sort of rage and um so the side of it was smashed up and it, it was it was smashed up to the point where some of the buttons didn't work and you had to like you had to push down the controller, like push it back together for the buttons to work. So my dad put like this huge screw in the side, but like the sharp end was sticking up where the buttons were, like just a little bit, like even though he like filed it down a bit, but it was just a little bit. So like if you played with that controller for like longer than an hour, your thumb got all sweaty and it would scrape against this like screw and it would get all fucking mangled. Oh, uh, shit. Well, I don't know why we didn't just get a new one, yeah. but like we just, so kids, we just kids, had this fucking, kids, kids will make do. We just had this like Frankenstein controller that nobody <laughs> wanted to use because like, it would just fuck up your thumb. It was so but funny. But that's because when you were a kid that you, you couldn't just get a new one. No, that's right? it. Like, 
like, you didn't you have know, disposable income or like or anything. Like you had no, to you wait had till to a ask birthday, your parents for or, it and then they yeah. wouldn't like do it. They'd be like, "You've already got one." It's like, yeah, like, yeah but it's yeah. like, uh, do you really need it? And you're like, uh, and then they're like, "Well, we can get you a controller or a game." And you're birthday. like, "Well, I just have a new game." I think it got like, smashed you know up. I mean? It got smashed up during Super Metroid, and you could do that like sticky wall jump. And there were parts of the game where you had to do that thing where you had to leap from wall to wall, like up a like like a shaft sort of thing and if you were playing it for a long time your hands were all clammy it was impossible to do because it was just yeah, like yeah. your hands are all sweaty and sliding off the buttons and stuff so oh, i guess i just didn't me. play these types of games like, no yeah. you're just a cerebral and uh and perfect professor of gaming lewis is what it is you're just like a bubble boy playing <laughs> like civ and stuff so are you well, your yeah. human emotions are not welcome here in the games room of lewis Brindley. <laughs> we've been playing a bit of hearts of iron haven't we and i've been playing a bit of hearts of iron and i think what i like most about hearts of iron is that it's just such a cool multiplayer experience right where you know you can co-op on the same country you know if you want to just play with a friend and like you know take on a, a little you know france or italy whatever you can play it with a friend you can play it with a friend on a, on a similar country yeah, yeah. you can play it like with like 20 people or two or, or or whatever i like i like how that all just works i think the controls and like some of the some things of the in ui it and stuff is a little bit frustrating it can and be yeah. really fiddly the oh, thing i like such a ball ache. I, the thing i love about hearts of iron is that it it, it takes a little while for it to to click in a way yeah you know yeah. like because because you sort of you 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 approach a game like that and it's a big strategy game and you think, I got to be on top of everything. I need to know what's going on. I need this, that, this, that. And like, in a lot of ways you don't. And I, like, even especially in multiplayer, I like how there's three of us just playing and like, we're all just doing something. But it, like, it, it doesn't necessarily tie into what the other person is doing all the time or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, like we have like these national goals and, you know, obviously like we all want to be, you know, part of a faction or something. But I like how you can just, you can really focus like on a front line somewhere and that can take all of your focus and and nothing else. And then you, you sort of come out of that and you're like, oh, yeah, shit, I need to produce some of this and then I have to do that. And like you're always just sort of like focusing in little areas. Yeah, sort of thing. yeah, and I, yeah. I just love the flow of it. I really it's I great. really enjoyed that. Someone game was suggesting uh, for the Christmas live stream that we do like a big multiplayer game of, of Hearts of Iron, which I think would be, great. be great. But uh, some people someone yeah, suggested seven people to play all the majors. Yeah. That would be messy. Someone suggested thirty two players using viewers, but the game Fuck gets me. very laggy and apparently it crashes yeah. a lot. So I think eight is about the most we could do. Well they've added this resync thing on the latest patch. So basically if anyone desyncs, normally you had to reload the save and then you it'd be a real fiddle. But now you can just press resync and it dynamically loads the game in in game it just right, sends right. a save to everyone but i think the, yeah. the issue is it does that constantly like if, the more yeah, plays think, you have i think any game any game like civ running 32 players is not gonna it's it's too not much gonna be a good, too much good option yeah. but you know there, there's still options there i think i think one of the things that's interesting is that you know that hearts of iron don't have to balance countries necessarily they don't have to say okay Germany has to be the same strength as Italy. You have to be the same strength as this or same strength as that. You know, they're all different. They're different sizes, different strengths. You know, certain people have to team up or work together to take down yeah. a big guy. Yeah. Whereas Civ is much more... Civ is much a different game in a sense. You can't just go into a game of Civ as easily as you go into a game of Hearts of Iron. It's, it's a lot more of a... Um, I think one of the things that, that, that's interesting is we'll have to see this when it comes out. And it's coming out, I guess, the day after this podcast goes live. So, what? you know, there's probably going to be 
a lot of hype for it. The 21st oh, of... Oh, yeah, um, the Stellaris patch. Yeah. Oh, no, no, the Civ, Civ, the Civ 6 Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. When is Civ 6 out? 20th of October. 21st. Is it 21st? Oh, wow. I thought it was 20th. 21st or is it 20th? Let's have a quick... Mm, one of those two. Nice. Anyway, I think that one of the interesting things is they've said they've tried to sort of get rid of the boring mid-game. And it feels like it does 20th, yeah, 20, ramp up very quickly towards the end of the game, which I'm a little bit... Civ's a bit different, though, about. because Civ... Civ, you really want to sort of conquer the world, right? Like you, you, you. No matter where you start from, you. you it's not like you're not going to just play a part in it. You, you want to get to a point where you win and you dominate, sort of thing. But like, it's different to Hearts of Iron, where you, you could have a playthrough of, of a game of Hearts of Iron where you could just take like a small little country and you can influence the war, yeah, but you yeah. might not be, you might not be the dominant superpower by the end of it or anywhere close. You might have just enough like in your little country to 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 sway things it or, might just be that you, you know are what I mean? you are blocking the way like the netherlands yeah. and belgium block yeah, yeah. the way into france you know which that, is, which if you is, can hold. I, I love that i love how i love how each time you play it it can be different you know you could just do something different or you know attempt to do something different you know like everybody else might be just following the historical path and there you are trying to like turn america into fascists or something and, and then if if you pull it off and you help you can you could to- totally change the way that that game plays out, sort of thing. Whereas, like Civ's a different type of strategy game, isn't it? It's like you don't really get stuff like that in Civ. You just you, you're ju- you're trying to win. You're trying to like meet some sort of objective. Yeah, yeah. And there's different ways to win, but it always involves you sort of amassing power and influence and 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 becoming like a, a big player, sort of thing. The best part of it is definitely that that open a brand new, f- find a brand new world, settle the city, expand out till you've sort of got your borders touching. Expand it to everywhere you can. And that's that's kind of that that first hundred turns is what it's all about for me. Like yeah. the the rest of the game is kind of. It's, it's it's it changes the whole game changes it it changes from as the game goes on to a very different it, it's got these phases where it transforms into a slightly different game hearts of iron yeah. and, and, and no civ and so some of the hearts of iron is pretty much the same the whole way through but civ, civ I'd, love a game, I'd, I'd love a game that was like city focused that had some sort of like arcing strategy to it you know like it was multiplayer you had cities and you had to build them up in certain ways to accommodate certain things and there are factions and stuff like i don't know like, like a, how a it would totally totally work competitive city skylines or something like you have a large so, area yeah something like that where you know like and you could accept trade into your cities and out and you could screw over other people yeah, yeah. and you're competing to to have like maybe you go tourism so you build like a tourist based city yeah and the, you're trying to out tourist the other the other cities and that but that yeah. would be interesting actually like it'd uh, be pretty yeah. fun yeah and you I, can, like, I would totally play sabotage that. their cities and shit That'd yeah, be funny. yeah, it'd be pretty neat. Like SimCity, the, the the last SimCity that came out, the way that multiplayer worked in that game, where you had like the, the region and you invited people and they all made their own cities. <laughs> and there's so many problems with that game anyway. But yeah. it, it was interesting that you could send workers to other cities, you could trade with other cities. Not that it ever really worked, but the ideas were were sort of there. You know, like it would be cool if there was a game that was a bit more sort of like. Um, there was like some sort of strategy to it where, you, you know, you just, you built up a city and you you had to be very careful, like what you built and what you tried to do. And there was like, you know, factions that you could sort of be part of yeah, or whatever. Yeah, It'd be yeah. pretty neat, actually. It's bizarre, really, isn't it? Like, what makes a good multiplayer game? I think it, I, I guess the old, the, the classic multiplayer games these days are, you know, like Overwatch or Dota or League of Legends or Hearthstone where... 
you're queued up, you're shoved into an arena for an X amount of time against other people. And yeah. very rarely do you talk with those people uh, or communicate with those people in any meaningful way, or even do you have a chance because it's so the, 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 the sort of, you're, it's such an in out thing. You're shoved in with these random people. You're, you know, you, you get, you, you might say five sentences to, to them in the whole thing. And that will be like, you know, go over here, do this, whatever. Yeah. But even then, like, I don't, these, like, a lot of these that. games are like are, are very sort of typical in 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 like a gamer mentality sense though right like dota is probably the same league of legends was definitely the same uh overwatch is the same you get into a party with people that you don't know and immediately two or three people pick big damage dealing heroes right that that their only job is to get out there and and deal a lot of damage and kill people right and then once the game starts and five minutes into it, you slowly start to realize that these people that have picked these heroes aren't doing that job. Like they're terrible with them. And then the whole thing falls apart from there. You're just like, oh, geez, why? Yeah, yeah. Why, why join a game and just pick this hero that is meant to have such a huge sort of sway on the game and not be able to even remotely use them effectively? Like it just, it's crazy. It I, do, I think nuts. that might just be a, a problem that gets solved by placement, though. I mean, when I'm playing Dota, I very rarely have that problem. When, you know, well, I think that I always think I'm the weakest person on the team when I'm playing. Yeah. Um, and therefore, I, I, I never feel frustrated with my team being bad. I think you might just be be, be to, too low in the placement games, if that's the case. But that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that relationships you, you don't you're ne- never gonna ever exchange contact details with or, or or follow up on a person that you've met in a fucking overwatch game right uh, well yeah you would i think it i think it's different probably I, I i think honestly you would and and i think the reason why you're saying that you wouldn't is because you're known on the internet so you're you're probably always thinking like, oh, this person already knows who I am, and they want to just be on my friends list or whatever. And and that's not true. On that basis, you're probably like, true. oh, I don't need to make friends on the internet. But like, if you if you weren't if you didn't have a big YouTube channel and stuff like that, you probably would accept friend requests from time to time from people you enjoyed playing with. Like, I play a lot of I games think would. undercover, you know, on on other usernames. Most of my gaming is wow. is, uh, is on other other usernames, right? And. I do chat to people on on like random Teamspeaks and random fucking Discord channels and stuff. And I think that in those certain types of game are much more geared towards actually making friends on the internet. If that if, if that's what, but that's how this whole thing arose in the first place, right? Because of World of Warcraft and yeah. and Yelgoon Squad. What, and, do you go by the name uh, XXX Pussy Destroyer Four Twenty XXX? Is that one of your own? How did you yeah. know? I can tell. Goku. My secret's out. I'm going to have to change it now. <laughs> Pussy Destroyer. <laughs> My name's actually. Uh, I have a small dick. Oh. Yeah, that's it. Oh. Yeah. It's a Triforce podcast reference. Oh, I, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh. occasionally people come up to me and they're like, "Hey, I have a small dick too," and then I know that they have the Triforce. They've listened to the trifles. Hey, hey, uh, sorry. Uh, hope, hopefully what? I get this right. Hopefully I get this right. I got a clown dick. No, <laughs> no, that's, oh, shit. I screwed it up. I, uh, I messed up. No, it's not that. It's I got a huge pussy. <laughs> yeah. I got a huge vagina. I got a hilarious clown God, penis. You know what I watched the other day? It was, this was a thing on the news about how dangerous watch batteries are for, for kids. You know those little flat? Circular batteries you put in watches and like re- and uh, remote controls and stuff. They're they're like it's like looks like a coin, right? 
Yeah. So what happens is you, the kids swallow those because kids are idiots and it gets stuck in their throat. And when it's wet, it just activates. Like it just starts to produce electricity and like chemicals boil, boil out of it. Fuck. And it can burn a hole in the kid's esophagus. And that's them like they can't talk or, or they can't swallow anymore or stuff like that. There was this little girl walking around. She had like a bag on her neck to catch her spit because she can no longer swallow spit and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm watching this and I'm thinking... I had no... F- Holy shit, I know. this podcast is supposed to be Fuck fun. See. Dude, Fuck I, me, people. I, I want to put the word out there that these things are dangerous and kids are stupid. Keep them away Man, from your kids. I made my so kids true, watch though. that. I made them watch that news report. It was kids on and I said, kids, watch this. Dumb shit, and they it's watched true. It. And they were shaken. And I was like, yeah. Well, I'm shaking right now. Man, That's terrifying. Me. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. A spit bag. I've never known anything like it. No, it was grim. But anyhow, I just want you to be aware, parents and children listening to this podcast. Do you think like back in like the, in the old Wild West, like if a kid accidentally um, swallowed a battery and because they didn't have plastic bags back then, they'd just have to walk around with like a spittoon sort of like strapped <laughs> to their front. Like a little a mini spittoon drum. on their neck. Yeah, just Ding! like catching the spit. <laughs> <laughs> We're bad people. I'm bad. I'm a bad man. Man, I don't know about you, Flax, but like, like since having kids, like I never really watch the news anymore. I, I watch barely, it all the time. I barely Con- ever read the paper See, his anymore. kids are older than you. I guess That's so, yeah. No, I just I feel like I'm super duper like out of touch with politics and stuff now. Like I just don't. It's nice. I don't oh my give God. a like, fuck either. We like, found that great. with my dad, if we just removed the newspapers, like because he, he used to get the newspaper delivered and we stopped having it delivered. He cheered up so much not not reading the news not seeing the news because it was just miserable it's pretty like, bad honestly yeah. it doesn't help you live your life to know all of the you know that it's that's so a, sensationalist that's, terrible, man. It's so... that's how that's how people get away with shit if you stop watching yeah no it, you don't, it doesn't matter like who cares what are some you of fucking it, talking some of about it doesn't matter what could you do about it pflax fuck all i can protest lewis in the strongest good possible work, terms get, good work stopping Man, brexit send me P-flax. pictures when you go for Why, a protest it wasn't my fault lewis i didn't fuck well but i didn't realize i was tasked with preventing brexit like soul my soul's purpose for this life on this planet was well done perry and you fucked up brexit Certainly didn't talked you talked about it enough and like went on about it enough Jeez, it's like my dad though. You know, it's like, look, you're seventy years old. What are you, what are you gonna do? Right, dude. I thought to... your dad was eighty. Well, no, this was when he was ten 70. years younger. Every time I talk to you, my dad's sixty years old. Fuck. <laughs> 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 <Shit>. <laughs> my dad is he's eighty now, but yeah, this was when he was seventy. So, oh, right. so even then, we okay. were like, you know, fuck. Even if he was sixty, we're like, we should have we should have started sooner. When when you when you're when you're like seventy years old, right? You should just be care- reckless and careless, like a, like a kid. Kids don't need to know about. What do you mean you should be reckless and all the the the, the, the war and Man, stuff? Seventy and year olds don't want to be spit reckless. Bags. Kids don't need to know about spit bags. Oh, P flax. They do. Oh. If, if you if you try to live your life shutting yourself off from all the scary shit out there and pretending everything's all right, you may as well be a goldfish or a fucking. You know, Listen, Dog. I'm not doing this on purpose. It's just a natural state that I've arrived in, and I think it's just from having like a lot to do and stuff. I, I'm not, I just I'm don't. Not I don't prioritize that shit. Like I, I don't. I don't really make an effort to watch I, the news I, or read a paper now. I just think whatever. I, I disagree. Like one of the things, one of the elements of sort of. Is this going to be about Zen? Yeah. Oh, oh man. you Zen motherfucker! It really says that you shouldn't. I'm ready. In your life, expose yourself to. 
things that you know are bad or kind of negative or it doesn't help you to uh, uh, this is a, this is not really the same thing either but but a classic thing that you see when you take a look at these scientific studies is that people who are identify themselves as being smart or educated or right. knowledgeable are often a lot less happy and a lot more stressed and die younger and with not not such a happy life as people who are simple and have simple lives. And when you look at countries in the world that are the unhappiest countries, the most miserable countries are the people who have everything. It's the UK's got to be the, the top most. of that one. <laughs> no, we're just never happy. I think there's a difference. Fucking miserable country, Jeez. I don't think the UK is, well, is, on, is on the worst, but it's definitely up there. And it's it's to do with people really kind of getting frustrated with things they can't change you know right like and brexit yeah uh, it's just not worth it like don't do it I, I i i can see why we're bombarded with stuff right in our society with social media and twitter and facebook and reddit and everything just bombarded with it all the fucking time and but i mean you can choose who you follow on those things like i don't feel bombarded by anything other than tons of memes on twitter for example well, i guess what i'm just trying to say is that you, you shouldn't surround yourself with negativity or or, or or try to avoid it where you can and it's it'll help you i think what i think what p flax says stands though i think if you don't if you never know what's going on or ever have any sort of make any effort to find out what's happening in the world or or whatever as well then you know that's not good either. Well, how does it help? Like, it doesn't, I th- it doesn't I think fucking it, do well, anything. But, but, it just makes you, token, makes sure you, you rot in your if own... If you just want to live a life your own... where all you do is is hear about the good stuff, I, and yeah. it's just like, don't, I don't, I don't want to hear about the bad news. No, don't tell me, don't tell me. Then you're deceiving yourself. If you enjoy it, if you get a kick out of it, if you like to, 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 to doomsday it up and think, oh, you know, it's all blah, 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 everything's going to shit, whatever, like... Like, I don't I'm not saying doomsday. I'm saying like, you know, the guy on the news where a snake came out of his toilet. I think that's good stuff to know. I think you you know. <laughs> Do you so know then what? you know to check your toilet a couple of times a day, make sure there's no snakes coming out I've of just there. Realized, snakes are dangerous. Sip, you know what, Sips? Do you remember when Lewis mocked you for your response to a crisis being blacking out? Lewis is advocating uh-huh. blacking out. A hundred percent of the time to avoid having to hear about bad I'm stuff. Just That's saying, all I'm saying. It's the right? same fucking yeah, thing. Sounds, yeah. If you, Me, listener yeah. out there, Me, listener. want to perhaps achieve happiness, yeah, secretly, don't get involved in any of the shit and let everyone else deal with it. But don't you, listen to it. Right? Don't Shh, listen to you. Him. Just, just fucking let all those assholes <laughs> tell you whatever they want. Right, and do whatever they want. Like, you know, because <laughs> you at the end of That's, the day uh, are never going to have an impact on changing it. Right. Whatever do you know, what, you do, do you know you, what? If you talk to your family, if you say to your son and your wife and your, your, your other son, and you tell them over the dinner table and you rant and you rave and you moan and you complain about how terrible the state of the country is and oh, what we're going to do about Trident? Oh, we're going to, oh, you know what? If we well, keep your fish fingers, but we're also going to figure out Trident, right? What, what are you going to, what's your suggestion? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a great suggestion. Do you know what? I'll write a letter to David Cameron and uh, we'll send it off tomorrow and that'll get Trident sorted. Well done, family. Great job. You know, that's not the fucking attitude, is it? You know, you know, you know what? How is that? How is that positive for anyone? You, you are basically Russell Brand. Do you realise that? 
Don't bother voting, kids. It's a waste of time. We can't change anything anyway. That's how the fucking assholes get in power in the first place, Lewis. But it's 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 a point of road to nowhere. No, it's not. Right. <laughs> two two things to change the subject again, mercifully. Number one, fucking. Dude, Civ 6 is 50 quid. Oh, oh, I know. Games are really expensive now. 50 quid? Holy yeah, God. Ma Mafia 3 was as well. It's 50 That's pounds. That's fucking crazy. I know. Uh, and number two, um, Part Cinco? Oh, shit. It's up I to you. I almost forgot. It's up to you guys. We don't have to. I think we have to have it now because this podcast oh, has Bodega. been so desperately depressing. Like, well, we this, is, this is a very different podcast. Part from the other part. Oh, I think this, I, I've, I think I've this podcast some, is going to uh... be very heavily cut down. <laughs> by the way, oh, it's going to have that's to be. A shame. That's a shame. Yeah, I think but a lot of it's going to have to go. Not the bodega, though. It was just partly because we had a few bits on Discord where um, one of us couldn't hear the other one, and so as a result, we only heard half of a rant and then didn't reply to it properly. It was it was like a really poorly organised debate where no one was listening to each other. No one listens to each other anyway on this podcast. There's a thing. There's a thing people say. And it's like most people only just only wait until other people stop speaking so they can speak or something. There's a more succinct way to say that I'm sure, but I think that's very very true on this podcast anyway. Um, so anyway, do your bodega. Let's let's fucking get in there. Let's, right. let's enjoy it. Yeah. I don't feel like you're in the right frame of mind for a bodega. I ben am. said Ben said about bodega, he said, the thing I like about bodega is that it's taking the piss out of all the shit science fiction. Exactly. But then it's become its own thing. Yeah, who knew? It's grown beyond it to the point where it's it's a little bit like pandas in World of Warcraft, okay? It started off... I knew World like, of Warcraft would fucking come up at some point. Jesus. It started off being a joke, but yeah. now... It's Man, coming I haven't to a whole been playing expansion. it at all recently. And there's going to be like a bodega book, and it's going to become a real thing. Now. Well, here's, here's one thing I am going to do. Someone suggested this on Twitter that I do a video where I read out the fan bodega that people have made. Like they, they said, you should do a Triforce where you do that. But the thing is, they're quite long, and there's a lot of them. And it yeah. would just be me talking for an there hour. There are pages and pages. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you're going to do a fan bodega, please make it so that it would take five or seven minutes to read. I think that that's reasonable. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're mostly okay. about one to two pages. Some of the longer ones I just won't do. But there are definitely some brief ones. Some of them are terrible. Some of them all are right. actually pretty good. But I'm going to read okay. them all. And uh, I don't know if I should critique them, but uh, I might just I might give them marks out of 10. I don't know. But anyway, bodega, part cinco. This, oh this is very different from other bodegas, this one, okay? Uh, okay, I mean, in a bad way? You'll see. All right. Scratching the itchy collar of his dull grey uniform, Ensign Crunkett waited impatiently outside Commander Tortola's quarters. He'd made an appointment to see Tortola three days ago. How the scriv can the boss man be so busy? They'd been sat in this asteroid belt on silent running for three months with no orders that he knew of. What a waste of time. Three months jammed into every crevice of this fast patrol ship, except for the areas that were mysteriously off-limits. That meant no trips to engineering to hang out with his buddy Looper. Definitely no trips to the cargo hold, which was normally a good vape spot. Three months manning his listening post and hearing nothing. It was space. It was generally pretty flaving quiet. Startling Crunkett, the intercom to Tortola's room barked, Enter! And the door hissed open. Crunkett stooped to enter the commander's quarters. They were cramped, yet the designers had still found room to cram a desk in here along with a bed, a bathroom and a lounge, all in dull official grey. That was the colour of most things around here, official grey. Dotola was sat in his grey uniform and his grey chair behind the grey desk, staring at his computer screen. 
He made a condescending hand gesture to Crunkett to begin talking. Crunkett cleared his throat. <clears> throat> Sir, it's been three months. I was due some R&R two weeks ago, but because we're stuck here, I missed the birth of my daughter, and I'm thinking Tortola cut him off with a glance. He read from the screen. Crunkett! Ensign Crunkett! Two years' service on the force, and here you are marching into my quarters to demand leave. We're on a mission! You don't need to know what that mission is, Ensign, but by groggle we're on it. You signed over <laughs> your right to a holiday when you took the oath and put on a badge, said Tortola. A rehearsed dressing down was on its way, Crunkett guessed. Tortola stood up sharply in an attempt to look authoritative, but banged his head on the low ceiling. Pretending this hadn't happened, he continued, lecturing Crunkett about duty and the importance of the morality police division out here in the void of space. How beings could lose their sense of direction and decency, and needed to know that out here in the blackness there was still an organization dedicated to rooting out wrong and bringing justice to the unjust. Just because space is cold and uncaring doesn't mean we have to be. Sir, I've worked law enforcement before. I've done stakeouts before. This feels like a stakeout, but we're staking out an asteroid belt in the arse end of nowhere. Nobody comes here because these rocks are empty. There are no habitable planets. There is no traffic. There's nothing. If I'd known this was going to be the mission, I never would have signed up for it, pleaded Crunkett. I thought we were going to be back in time for my wife's due date. This is the SS expectation, Ensign, said Tortola, gesturing around him. We're not your usual police cruiser. There's a reason we didn't tell any of you what your mission was. You're getting paid time and a half, so you're being compensated appropriately. I'm not going to ask you to trust me, because this is not about trust. This is about duty. Do your job. Get out of my office, said Tortola coldly. Crunkett left. He wasn't angry. The worker man always got screwed over like this. He was resigned to it. He just wanted to make sure his daughter had better. Crunkett was in the middle of wondering what he was going to do when the red lighting pulsing in the floor and at every comm station told him that the silent alarm had been tripped. He ran to his post, jostling with other members of the crew doing the same. Part of him was nervous. Another part thought, thank Flav, something to do. Tortola was on the bridge in a heartbeat after everyone else. He addressed the crew. Okay, people, it's time to come clean. We've just detected the vessel we were sent to find. We're just one of hundreds of ships just like ours undertaking the same mission all over the galaxy. For three months, we've been laying in wait like Tridorian trap crabs. And now, finally, we've detected the ship. It's docking at a hidden base on an asteroid in the Borkaba belt, just a few hundred thousand clicks ahead of us. It is vital that we maintain silent running. Ainson Crunkett, go to work. Crunkett slid <laughs> into his seat and rummaged for his headset. The chatter on the bridge was reaching fever pitch. Everybody was thinking the same thing. Holy shit, something's actually happening. Something's happening. But what? The listening post was incredibly high-tech. He used an almost undetectable array of ultra-fine beams of varying compositions to scan a huge area of space and detect micro-distortions caused by sound waves. In space, of course, there was no sound, but the beam array carried enough different types and layers that even the most whale-shielded surface could be probed, and you could listen in to anything pressurized, even a space helmet. And once something was detected, the array could narrow down to that point and listen into anything. The sound of weapons being charged, an ultra-quiet engine, even a conversation, or what Crunkett heard. A man whistling a jaunty tune. He recognized the tune. It was Ode to the Lasgun, a famous war song from Shrovia, the planet of war. Shrovians? Out here in deep space? They normally stuck to their factories and boardrooms, coming up with new and terrible weaponry. Then he heard talking, someone recording a personal log. And when he heard the voice, his blood froze in his veins and he felt tears welling in his eyes. This was the dread fear that consumed all hope in a man. Sir, he mumbled. Crunkin', speak man. Sir, I... I think it's... Bodega. 
Tortola <laughs> stood slowly, stealing himself. And since zither, send the whisper, said Tortola. And the tiny scout vessel of the MPD fired a single subspace particle from its comms array. That single particle would be lost in the background noise of the universe to anyone listening. Impossible to decrypt, impossible to detect. Bodega could not know that the MPD vessel expectation just sent a one-bit signal that MPD HQ would instantly know meant one thing. Operation Kill Bodega was on. Bodega. Ah, oh, amazing. So, wow. okay, couple of wow. things. I like, first of all, I like how it's, it's, it's good shit sci-fi because it's the same shit we're familiar with, yet massively far in the future. It's right, like, right. you know, you've got an ensign and a grumpy guy and like a yeah. military boardroom and all that shit and vaping in like a... Right. In a it, and do you know what I mean? It's like, Edson Crunkett is totally the Mary Sue of Pyrian Flax. You know, you are, you are, if you put yourself into this universe, you would be. I wouldn't be Edson Crunkett. You You're totally Edson Crunkett. Like, no. There's so much Mary Sue going on. I'm, I'm Bodega. Like, Come on. No, you're not. You're Edson Crunkett with like, hard the, killer. like the, the hard, hard done by like <laughs> guy who's like pretty low rank. He's like a bit sick of it. He's had to miss his story. I wouldn't, angry I wouldn't even boss. be in the police, man. I wouldn't sign up with the Popo. Come 100% on. That. It, and, and I like this because by the time something gets to like part five, right, it's it's got a bit bad, right? And, and they've started doing things like <laughs> introducing new characters. No, because everyone says, I just want to I just wanna have a Bodega adventure. But the author's like, oh, I'm a bit sick of writing Bodega adventures. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to add some new characters. So he adds Ensign Crunk and he adds this new guy. And everyone's like, oh, well, it's not, it's not the Bodega I remember. But at least it's not this, a Bodega. This, uh, Bodega wasn't even in this episode, really. Yeah, and that's, that's, what it ha that's what starts happening when they start getting to like these, you know, later stage sequels and stuff as a so, counterpoint flax i thought it was fucking great like, no i loved it really i loved good. all it's of building, it I, it's I'm building just, up I'm, a long game i'm just which doing I'm a critical a kind of summary of what you're i you're just shitting on. on bodega i wasn't shitting on it i thought it was good i'm just saying these are my thoughts Okay. From it, it's all right. They weren't even criticisms. Jeez. They weren't even what? things to change. Normally, when you, Why don't you do go it, write like, some YouTube comments or something. <laughs> yeah, go write some YouTube comments about it, Lewis. Yeah, I'll tweet at under you under one of your many pseudonyms: xxx yeah, pussy destroyer four twenty xxx. One of your undercover handles on the internet. <laughs> so uh, yeah, wow, that was great. I enjoyed it. I can't wait to hear the the conclusion, the the gripping conclusion. Well, there might not be one. This is like turning into like a soap opera, and I'm loving every minute I, of I it. I just kind of realized that ends. none of the episodes have anything to do with like there's there's, there's occasional callbacks, but there's not there's no consistency. It's always just a fresh. No. Two-page bodega does some shit and probably no, kills a bunch of people. You know what? People. That's like uh, in a, in a lot of like a lot of series, a lot of like pilot seasons and stuff like that. That happens, you know. And then when the, when the show gets renewed for a second season, that's when they start to add in like a story arc True. and stuff. You know, is all this, the is this all bodega the individual season two? parts. No, well, this is this is still season one. Still season I one. Think. Okay. No, no, yeah. no. I think this is season two now. Because I think what's happened is season one's ended, right? And it's when did been it really end? It's been had a real critical success. No, you know, when did when did season one end though? Like at what point? Because like yeah, you have to end on like a high and a cliffhanger. No, I don't think you do. Not been in like a bit of a slow brew. 
not with like crappy sci-fi like Bodega. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of just, it's just what happens. You know, people suddenly have like ha- saying, "Oh my god, I really really enjoyed Bodega. When's he coming back?" <laughs> and you're like, "Do you know what? I'm gonna make a whole new series of Bodega novels, and they're gonna have cliff have cliffhangers at the end. And it's all gonna tie together in a wonderful arc." And you you have all these plans. You know, before Bodega just had individual episodic adventures, but now we're gonna keep a story arc running through the whole series. Yeah, we've got like, a team of writers, Netflix. whole team. Oh. Wow. writers here. I, I, uh, yeah. I've got a warehouse. I might have been the same warehouse you got in China, Sips. I get them to knock out the bodega stuff for me. Oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a guy who just comes up with crazy words and names. That's what I love <laughs> about this this universe. It's that literally it's the same universe, except everyone has slightly stylesy sounding names. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing with fantasy novels, right? Like, just go to a fan, you pick up a fantasy novel, and the first thing you're introduced to is like, Three people with really cryptic fantasy style names. Like, you know? I, I like it when they like they take a normal name and they just change it. Like for instance, take Han. Han Solo. Dan Solo, yeah. right? Luke yeah, yeah. Luke has a normal name, Luke Skywalker, right? But yeah. but you think about a lot of the characters they have is like uh Poe Dameron, right? It's it's Garth just, could have been Garth. Exactly. Like Poe could have been uh maybe Toe. That's a that's a name, I'm sure. Toe Dameron and, ha- and Dan Solo. It, it wouldn't work if they were if they had these names, right? Darth Vader. Instead of Frodo, it's Fredo, right? Instead of yeah. uh, you know, but Sam had a normal name, but uh, Gandalf could just be called Ralph the Wizard. But instead, yeah, you, you have to add the fantasy names because it makes it <laughs> Ralph seem, the Wizard. Ralph, that would have made him better. Actually, they would, Ralph. Yeah, it's me, Ralph the Wizard. What's cracking? How's it going, yeah. lads? But you, you've got to you got to have those funky names because it sounds more distant and far In away. the city of Itandale. Yeah. The young barbarian mirror jasmine shifting surface taron blade. The With th- the unruly. It's like, f- what? My boss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's just, I don't That's know. It's, they, like oh, it's just, yeah. you've got to have the funky names. It, it makes it seem like it's a cheap way of creating a universe. You just name, instead of just calling ale, you call it something like uh, Flobjogger Ale, and people think, ooh, yeah. exotic. But I could make Flobjogger Ale right now. I just brew some ale and call it Flobjogger. Boom. But you think yeah. it's could... something fancy. Oh, I see. That's true, actually. That's true. Speaking of fancy ales, um, one last thing before we, we depart. Uh, BlizzCon in a couple of weeks, they're celebrating the 20th anniversary, or is it the 25th anniversary? No, it's the 20th anniversary of Diablo. Wow. Okay. okay. That's crazy. It's nuts, eh? So they're going to have this thing outside the convention center. There's basically this big sort of pedestrian uh, walkway thing with a big fountain outside the convention center. And it's nestled in between the Hilton and the Marriott, right? So it's like the big outdoor area. Like you've been there before, Lewis, you probably know, right? Yeah. Um, So out there, after the first day of BlizzCon at like 8 o'clock at night or whatever... They're going to have uh, like a party to celebrate. And they did the same thing with um, Warcraft when it was World of Warcraft's 10th anniversary or whatever. And they serve drinks there. Um, they serve, they, they get like a, a local brewery to, to, to brew up some beer and stuff. Uh, but then they, they theme it around like 
and in this case, it'll be Diablo. So, and they did like Thunder Brew Ale for for Warcraft when they did the Warcraft one. So it was like bottles of beer with like just a different label or whatever. And man, people were losing their shit over it. Like huh. people were like ordering it and like, oh, don't open it. I, I want to take it home. It's a collector's thing and, and, and stuff like they were going crazy. And like just because it had a label, just a different label. Like it was just probably the same beer that they always brew for like whatever. And then because they slap on Thunder yeah. Brew Ale or whatever, it's a... It's like a big deal. I, I get it in some ways, but in other ways, it just makes me laugh. You know what? When I was at TI5 or TI6, sorry, um, there were these there were these guys that I've seen them at a Dota events before. They brew like beers and ales and stuff like that. And they do the exact yeah. same thing. They call it like Marana's Arrow or they call it like Lich's, yeah. you know. And ice, everybody ice wants it like it. Right. Like, but not to drink it. Just right, right. I mean, it's okay. It, yeah. It's nice ale. But yeah, yeah. it's got like a, a dotary kind of bottle. So yeah. these guys come up to us. So it's like me and Shane and a couple of the other presenters and stuff. We're standing around chatting. And these guys come over. And I was like, oh, hey, what's up? And this, he starts telling us about the ale. I was like, how's it going with the, the whole ale thing? Are you are you able to get it like, you know, at the event and stuff? And he said, well, yeah, I've been emailing Valve about it. And he was like complaining about how he never get his back from them. And it's just like a real hassle and how he doesn't understand them. And they're idiots, blah, blah, blah. He was kind of polite, but it was he was also kind of obviously frustrated. Now, one of the yeah. people standing with us was like a very, very senior Valve guy. <laughs> and he was like right there. He was just shooting the shit with us in, in between bits. And uh, this guy comes up and he just happens to be standing right next to him when he's running down Valve's PR and how they never get back to him and stuff like that. And the, and so this, the Valve guy starts like engaging in the conversation without sort of revealing who he is and everything, sort of saying, well, I'm sure they have their reasons I wouldn't worry about and everything. And the guy's like, well, yeah, but I just wish to get back to me. He's like, well, look, I'm, I I I work for Valve. And he like it was, the guy's face just like crashed. Like he was oh, just like, God. oh, my God. Like it was the, it was humiliating for the guy but i mean luckily the valve guy was really nice about everything explained the situation but it was just like one of those things we think of all the the times and all the people to have that conversation in front of it was it was brutal man i've done that a couple of times it happens it does happen but it fucking sucks so bad when it happens i could i could just see the guy wanting to dig a hole and uh cover himself in ale and disappear yeah yeah, you you sort of have a moment after something like that happens where you just have like a word with yourself and you're like, fucking, you rein yourself in. Don't fucking <laughs> shoot your mouth off like that. Jeez, you're, you're almost like you turn into yeah. like your parents inside your mind telling you your, you yourself off for, for like doing something dumb like it's that. All, you know, we, when we were talking about people getting angry at video games, getting angry yeah. at video games because of something your team's done, that can be rage inducing. But if it's yeah. something I've done that's stupid, I, I can't get like, angry with myself i just feel crushing disappointment and i just feel like it's the worst oh my god i'm so (laughs) fucking useless like your your self-worth at that moment just plummets. oh no it's the worst it's the worst feeling eh? and then you're like you're trying desperately to find things to just like get your mind off it and cheer you up but like deep down you're just like so full of self-loathing you're just like that's exactly how i feel after All recording this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> it's so disappointing. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry how, how bad it is this week. Yeah, this is not. Uh, no, no, this has not been a highlight week for sure. That was a, that was a terrible podcast. Uh, thank you for sticking it out till the end, and thank uh, you for you listening to, to this heavily edited podcast. To the um, it's only going to be ten minutes long. Yeah, that's the dream. All right. We've recorded for an hour and 40. So, yeah, let's see how much actually makes it into the final cut. I reckon we could get 50 <laughs> minutes out of this. I reckon we yeah, could. It's going to be at least 20 15. minutes. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, It'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, we'll be all right. It'll all right. Well, fine. thank you, everybody. And we'll see you next week, hopefully, for more of this 
Great bet. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> top, top shelf. Top bets. Bye. Bye.